it looks like somebody in Washington must have been listening to yesterday's NPO podcast with yours truly, because they must have listened to my warnings of the whirlwind they're about to reap if they continue pushing people to the limit, because it's now being reported uh, that there's about 25,000 National Guard in D.C. for the inauguration, according to the U.S. Army. Uh, And they're not there to have a picnic. They must be there because they're expecting trouble. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another National Preview Online podcast. If you have not already done so, please subscribe to the show. It's very easy to do. Simply go to either the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store, depending on which device you use, and search for NPO Podcast, NPO, or NP Online Podcast. With yours truly, you'll see the big American flag logo. You can subscribe. It's free in either location. The benefit of subscribing is that you will be notified whenever we upload a new show. In the alternative, you can download in both of those places the free Podbean app. Podbean.com is our hosting service. They host a great many podcasts. They have an excellent app, and you can download it and listen off the app if you prefer to. Either place you decide to subscribe, all we do ask is that you please uh, review the show in a positive way. Give us a a sentence or two. It helps drive up the uh, rate at which the show is discovered when people search for news commentary and conservative content in these various app stores, and it will only enable the show to grow. Uh, We're also uh, running a GoFundMe campaign because we want to increase our advertising budget so we can accelerate uh, the growth of the show, uh, and in short order, if we if we get that assistance, we won't be asking for any GoFundMe campaigns because we'll be self-sustaining, and that, of course, is our ultimate objective, to be self-sustaining. Uh, we are also doing speaking engagements. <clears throat> I've done that before. I did that when I was first founding National Preview Online four years ago. When we started out, it was just a website. For those of you who are just listening for the first time, it was just a website where articles were written by myself primarily and other people that contributed. But in light of what's been going on in the country over the course of the last year with this pandemic and the shenanigans that was played during the election and things leading up to the election, uh, we felt that we needed to communicate more directly and more frequently in a more interactive and personal way with our audience. And so in order to do that, we decided to go to the podcast route. And so the podcast from National Preview Online, although not eliminating our website, is going to be our primary way of communicating with you. Uh, We haven't done much in the way of writing on the website. We've been really focused on getting this off the ground, but we will. We have been active uh, posting on our Facebook page. We encourage you to follow that facebook.com forward slash national preview online and we encourage you to contribute to our gofundme campaign Uh, we don't want hundreds of dollars donations please five dollars ten dollars what you might spend at starbucks in a given day is more than fine every little bit helps and it will really make uh, this thing take off so as you recall if you listened to the show yesterday I gave a word of warning. I spoke about the great hypocrisy that's taking place in Washington, D.C., with all of these lawmakers suddenly discovering violence when they thought they could blame it on Trump supporters, but turning a deaf ear to it for seven months as people were ravaging 
cities across America, primarily in the blue states where the governors and the mayors did nothing, New York City, Seattle, uh, Portland, Oregon, Minneapolis, Minnesota. We spoke about all this yesterday. In fact, far from not condemning it, they were encouraging it. You had that old bag, Maxine Waters, running around telling people to aggravate Trump people wherever you see them in restaurants, tell them they're not welcome, impeach them, beat them. Violence is perfectly acceptable by the left when it's visited against people that they don't like. William F. Buckley, the late William F. Buckley Jr., the great conservative, once remarked that uh, the liberals always are strong believers uh, in the sharing of others' opinions. They only become shocked when they find that there are other opinions other than their own. Uh, And that's about the hypocrisy of it. Now, and in the wake of what happened last week uh, in the Capitol, now all of a sudden everyone's denouncing violence. And this was a great assault on the citadel of democracy. Um, I guess it's not an assault on democracy. Again, as as I said yesterday, when when laws are flouted, when people are charged with upholding those laws, simply choose to abdicate their authority and let the mob rule take over. Uh, this is not a threat to democracy. When our elected officials charged with the security of the United States and the respective states do nothing. No, that could never be a threat to democracy. Only when elected officials who are overpaid and underachieve uh, feel a little heat in their own chamber all of a sudden, democracy is under attack. And as I told you yesterday, we now know that, um, as I predicted would happen, Black Lives Matter and Antifa were an integral part of that uprising. They were there in advance, uh, and they were the ones that actually worked on breaching the Capitol, even threatening the Capitol Police, telling to st- telling them to stand down so they wouldn't get hurt, and then encouraging Trump supporters who were ripped into a frenzy by the dissatisfaction they've been experiencing to go in there. But the main violence was was uh, perpetrated. It was enough to go around. Don't say it was about all Trump supporters, because it wasn't. And Trump, to his credit, never called for violence. He called for a peaceful protest in a patriotic manner. Now, unless that's some type of new code word or code language with which I am unfamiliar, where that somehow can be uh, interpreted to riot, uh, I can't see how you could say he called for any rioting. But really, do we really think there's going to be a riot on Inauguration Day? I can prove to you that there's not going to be a riot on Inauguration Day, at least not on the part of Trump supporters. Now, why do I say that? Because Donald Trump has made it clear that he does not plan to attend the inauguration on January 20th. Now, the Democrats have done a lot with that. They've tried to claim that he's uh, being disrespectful and uh, he's not consenting to a smooth transition. No, he's not objecting to the inauguration of Joe Biden. He just doesn't want to be there because he thinks that people will use his presence uh, as an excuse. The left will use his presence as an excuse to uh, have violence, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, so forth and so on. So he's trying to assuage people's um, fears by not showing up at the inauguration. It's not because he's not consenting to a peaceful transition of power. So that means that the only people who would show up to the inauguration would be those who show up for Joe Biden. Well, we already know from the campaign, both for the campaign of president and when he went down to Georgia, 
to ostensibly campaign for the two senators, Joe Biden can't draw enough people to have a good checker game. He gets about 15 or 20 people tops. So I don't think you need 25,000 to uh, police 25 people. In addition, you have the mayor of D.C. and others uh, requesting people not to come to the Capitol because they're all worried about riots, they're worried about COVID. If Donald Trump doesn't show up to the inauguration and is no reason to believe he's going to because he hasn't said he's going to, there's not going to be a sufficient crowd to warrant any sort of security. So I don't think we need uh, to worry very much about this at all. This is just more fear-mongering uh, on the part of the left. But There's an article here in the Epic Times which says that Defense Department has authorized up to 25,000 service members to be be deployed, which is an increase of 5,000 numbers from earlier this week. A statement from the Army to the news outlets on Friday said the increase would support the federal law enforcement mission and security preparations during the inauguration, and it would be led by the United States Secret Service. All 50 states in D.C. will have National Guard members to support the event ostensibly due to the breach at the Capitol uh, on the 6th of January. Wouldn't it be nice if some of those National Guard units could have been deployed in New York City here to prevent stores from being ravaged? Um, But now all of a sudden, in light of the reports of more demonstrations, I urge that there must be no violence, no law-breaking, and no vandalism of any kind, Trump said. That is not what I stand for. It is not what America stands for. And I call on all Americans to help ease tensions and calm tempers. Now, no doubt... There'll be some type of code speak in there that the left will say he, he really was calling for riots. So don't, be, don't be fooled by that. But this is the type of nonsense uh, that's going on. Meanwhile, people who are really causing riots, people like this idiot, um, Jack Dorsey from Twitter, uh, who is thoroughly pissed off a good percentage of the country by permanently banning banning President Trump's Twitter account, now says that it was a dangerous precedent to ban Trump. Uh, It's funny how, though, he only made this statement after his stock dropped by 12%. After Twitter's stock value dropped by 12%, according to this news article, CEO Jack Dorsey made a statement about how banning Trump set a dangerous precedent and furthered division in the country. Thanks for the scoop, Jack. However, some people aren't buying it. After President Trump was impeached, he delivered a video message calling for peace, law, and order. And surprisingly, Trump's video was still available on YouTube. And afterward, Mitch McConnell, the turtle, came out and confirmed that any possible Senate hearing wouldn't happen until after January 20th, potentially making the entire thing moot. Did I not say this to you on yesterday's broadcast? And did I not say this to you even a few days before that on an earlier broadcast? That according to Harvard scholar, Professor Emeritus uh, Alan Dershowitz, who was on Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo this past weekend on Sunday morning, that uh, any, any attempt to impeach the president would be moot and it would be illegal because according to the Senate's own rules, they could not take up that matter until 1 p.m. on January 20th. That was the earliest that the Senate was going to be able to deal with it. 
Well, at 1 p.m. on January 20th, ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump is no longer president. He is an ex-president. Ex-president for all of one hour, but still an ex-president. And the only function of an impeachment, as I told you yesterday, is it is a procedure that the founding fathers put in our Constitution to enable we the people to remove a president who was unfit for office, either because of mental incapacity, although that can be the 25th Amendment, but that was later on. But more, more appropriately, it was designed to remove a president who may have been guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors or treason or things of that nature. It is not a criminal trial. People cannot be imprisoned as a result of an impeachment. They're simply removed from office. So if a man is already out of office, impeachment is moot and it cannot continue and serves no function. They're trying to make this thing something that it is not. They're trying to impeach the president because they hope to disqualify him from a future run, a la Grover Cleveland in the 1800s. It's not going to fly. Nice to see these people all of a sudden um, changing their tune. But now we have another president coming in. We have Mr. Biden. Now, Biden is out there with a COVID stimulus plan that was so great that it caused the stock market to go down. A $1.4 trillion, excuse me, trillion dollar relief package. Now, oh, I'm sorry, now they've just raised it. Now it's $2 trillion. These people are spending money like we're printing it. And, and matter of fact, they are, because we don't have that kind of money. People say, well, how does the country spend like that? Can't we just print it up? No, you can't print up money because you can't make it. Money has to be backed by something. In this case, since we're no longer on the gold standard, it's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States. But you just can't put money on a ledger in a bank and say, oh, well, we had 1000 yesterday. What do we need? We need 20000 today? We'll just change the balance sheet to say 20000 No, this is where our debt comes in. Whenever we spend money we don't have, we borrow it from other countries. China buys our debt. United States, Great Britain buys our debt. And I know there's a great uh, fallacy out there thinking that China owns the United States. Uh, let me set the record straight. China does own more United States debt than any single foreign entity. That is true. But the notion that the Chinese own the bulk of the United States debt is a complete falsehood. A complete falsehood. They own a percentage of our debt. It may be something like 10 or 12 percent, but they don't they don't own the majority of our debt. So that's a falsehood. But that's how we get this money. When they say we're going to spend $2 trillion and we don't have it, they're borrowing $2 trillion. And that's why the national debt increases. And that's something people have to realize, that the annual budget deficit and the national debt are two different things. Every time we have a deficit in any given fiscal year, we add to the national debt, the overall deficit, but they're not one in the same thing. Now, we have Biden here making a statement that um, his stimulus plan includes a $1,400 direct stimulus check, which would supplement the $600 stimulus payments passed in Congress last year. Anybody want to do the simple math? What does 614 add up to? 2000 What was the amount that President Trump said he wanted for everybody? 2000 It's not hard to see. Biden says that we're in the middle of a once-in-several-generations economic crisis. 
with a once-in-several-generations public health crisis. A crisis of deep human suffering is in plain sight. We have to act. We have to act now. We can't afford inaction. That's curious. We certainly could have afforded inaction for the last seven months when Trump was demanding that Congress act and Nancy Pelosi, that old witch, didn't want to act because she thought it would accrue to their benefit in the election. But now all of a sudden we have to act. Well, we're not in the middle of an economic crisis. We're in the middle of a self-made crisis. This is an overreaction to this COVID-19 virus. It's got a 99.5% recovery rate. We did not need to lock everything down. And now you have Il Duce, Benito Cuomo from New York, saying suddenly he's realized, hey, we got to get these restaurants open. Funny, we didn't have to get them open two months ago when the election hadn't taken place yet. Oh, we had to keep them locked down. Ah, 10 o'clock, shut them down, get out. Now all of a sudden we have to open them up. All because a man who doesn't even know where he is is about to be sworn in to take office. Biden's proposal expands the eligibility of the $1,400 checks. One key group includes adults who can be claimed as dependents on others' tax returns, including college students and elderly people who are being cared for by their children. See, the Democrats always take a good idea and go a little too far with it. Not only does he want to give the additional 1400 that Trump asked for, but he wants to give it to people that wouldn't have gotten it before. The CARES Act, passed in March of 2020, did not provide stimulus, pack, uh, stimulus payments for dependent children who are age 17 and older. It provided 500 for each qualifying child that was, that was under 17, as well as 1200 per adult, while December stimulus provided $600 payments to adults and children. The plan also calls for, the exp- uh, for expanding the eligibility of all mixed-status households, which means families where one person is an American citizen or green card holder, while others lack legal immigration status. So now we're going to give money to people who don't belong here, who came here illegally, so they could stay here longer. This is what we want. This is what we want from, the, from, from our, our government that seeks to secure our borders. Let them just flood in. We don't care. President-elect Biden's plan will also expand eligibility to adult dependents who have been left out of previous rounds of relief and all mixed-status households. His plan will ensure that the Treasury Department has the flexibility and resources it needs to deliver stimulus checks to families that need them most, including millions of families that still haven't received the $1,200 checks they are entitled to under the CARES Act. I guess that would be the illegal aliens who were entitled to them to begin with. This is incredible. According to the article in the Epic Times, the proposition sparked backlash from some left-wing politicians who claimed that Biden should provide $2,000 stimulus payments on top of the 600. So they want to go to 2600. And who we have asking for that? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who believes Biden needs to provide more. 2000 means 2000. 2000 does not mean 1400. Hey, sweetheart, Retired bartender, go back to math class and learn that 600 and 1400 equals 2000. If Trump had given you the 2000 last, in fact, if the Congress had given the 2000 that Trump asked for, you would have got your 2000. Now you want more. This is the same logic that the Democrats use when a program's rate of growth is cut. They call it a cut. No, it's not a cut. It's an increase. It just wasn't an increase 
to the extent that the increase was before. This is the type of nonsense that you're going to get from the Democrats, and it's only just beginning. And speaking of Andrea Ocasio, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, before we sign off, does it bother anyone to think that this woman and the rest of the squad, Tlaib, the whole bunch, Ilan Omar, I mean, if you added up the IQ of all four of them, you wouldn't get a pencil eraser. But uh, does it bother anyone that this upstart who spent two years in Congress, had she not gotten reelected, do you know that she would have had a pension for the rest of her life? I spoke yesterday about the elite ruling class that our legislature has increasingly become. This is a reason for it. Show me a job that you could get on the outside, in the private sector, or even from government, where you could work two years and be entitled to a lifetime of pension benefits, a lifetime of medical benefits. Where do you get that? Now you know why everybody wants to be elected to Congress. It's the biggest hustle going. It's the biggest scam going. And who's paying the bill? John Q. Public. Not the green card holders, not the illegal immigrants. You. You who were born here, raised here, and built this country. You're paying the freight. You're paying the full freight for a bunch of freeloaders. And for a people that think they're elite and above the rest of us. I think they're about to discover very soon that they couldn't be more wrong. For National Preview Online, I'm Jamie Dury. Have a great weekend.